0: Good evening and welcome to another night of Walk It Out. My name is Gretchen Cannon and I'm the community pastor here at Grace Church and we're going to continue talking uh, tonight about uh, just what it looks like to become a disciple of Jesus and it's nothing that we do it's just what we become and so before we get started I'm going to open us up in prayer. Father we thank you for who you are and we thank you for what you created us and who you created us to be, which is to be conformed to the image of your son. And what a privilege that is for somebody that loves us enough to, uh, to desire for us to be transformed and conformed over time uh, into the likeness of Jesus and, uh, so fathers, we dive into what it looks like, uh, in the area of being a disciple and abide ways works. I just ask that you communicate what uh, you want communicated through me and the things that you want each person listening to hear will fall on a good soil and, uh, will penetrate their hearts as you desire in Jesus name. Amen. Well, last week we started um, talking about what it looks like to be a disciple, somebody that abides in him and out of that uh, living connected in that life union, they begin to walk in his ways. They look in their character and the nature more like Jesus all the time. And then as they stay connected, as they walk out the character and the nature, they go and do the works that we saw Jesus do. And so we talked about a prophetic word that was given here at uh, Grace Church in January of 2016, and how the Lord just began to set this up, uh, our definition of a disciple, abide ways and works. And so I want to throw the graphic up one more time for you, those of you that maybe don't know how or don't know what it looks like, and those of you that just need a refresher because... When we can get this image inside of us, and then we can marry the understanding, it's such a beautiful uh, picture of unity within uh, what our Spirit Man says, what Jesus is trying to do in us, and uh, what what the rest of us understand. Like we have a we have a greater picture of unity. So let's throw that graphic up here, and uh, so a disciple is somebody that abides in jesus abides in his word abides in his love that just means living connected to him now i am not talking about your spirit man here i'm talking about your mind your will your emotions your behavior those types of things your actions and as you live connected to him You begin to look more and more like him. There are so many scriptures that talk about like our soul is being saved. It talks about us being conformed to his image, transformed by the renewing of our mind. As we stay connected to Jesus and his truths, we begin to look more like him. And that's what it is to walk in his ways. It's not an efforting. We're not going and being love, but we're being formed into the actual noun of love, because the noun lives inside of us, as First John four eight talks about that God is love, and then as we live connected, like those arrows are continuous, as we begin to look more and more like Jesus in our character, our nature, our actions, our demeanor, then we begin to do the works of Jesus, not apart from Him but with Him, so pray for people, disciple people, lay hands on the sick, um, feed the poor, um, go and do the things within our community and within our our local um, church body community that we saw Jesus do, preach the gospel, cast out demons and so that is what when you become a disciple of Jesus, not just a believer, I'm talking more than just somebody that says, Jesus is my savior. But when you start walking in Lordship, you start hearing the voice of the Lord and obeying, you are transformed. Like it's a kingdom law. It's, it's a principle that you cannot escape, just like sowing and reaping. And so this is something um, that uh, we talked about last week as overall we talked about it with Matthew 28 with the Great Commission and how so much of the mindset is that that is about going and doing something but when you look at verses 18 through 20 it actually has all three abide ways and works with it and so this week I want to dive into Colossians 3 and I've got a couple of different translations here I'm going to be bouncing back and forth um uh with and so one of them's the New King James one of them is the New American Standard and then one of them is the Passion Translation and um most of all in the passion is because mine's all marked up with abideway's works all over it so um so I'm going to go ahead and start reading in the passion and then I'll kind of uh, bounce back and forth but like one of the things that I challenged you last weekend is is just being mindful as you're in scripture to find scriptures where you see somebody abiding um, where you maybe see Jesus tell us to abide in something, whether it's his, his word or his love or just in him. And then also um, where you've seen things about ways um, and then, and then the works of Jesus. So I'm kind of interested to see, you know, if you're on Facebook, you might comment and let me know what scriptures popped out to you this week. Um, that you saw one or more of those in because i would love to know that and if you're not watching on facebook and you're watching later um you can email me at gretchen at gracechurch.community and just let me know let me know what you saw um so in colossians 3 i'm going to read the whole passage just through and then i'm going to go back and break it down for us uh verse 12 starting verse 12 i'm going to go through 17 it says you are always and dearly loved by god so robe yourself with virtues of god since you have been divinely chosen to be holy be merciful as you endeavor to understand others and be compassionate showing kindness toward all be gentle and humble and unoffendable in your patience with others tolerate the weakness of those in the family of faith forgiving one another in the same way you have been graciously forgiven by Jesus Christ. If you find fault with someone, release the same gift of forgiveness to them. For the love for love is supreme and must flow through each of-, each of these virtues. Love becomes the mark of true maturity. Let your heart be um, always guided by the peace of the anointed one who called you to peace as part of his one body, and always be thankful. Let the word of Christ live in you richly, flooding you with all wisdom, applying the scriptures as you teach and instruct one another with the psalms and with the festive praises and with prophetic songs given to you spontaneously by the Spirit. So sing to God with all your hearts. Let every activity of your lives and every word that comes from your lips be drenched with the beauty of our Lord Jesus Christ, the anointed one, and bring your constant praise to God, the father, because of what Christ has done for you. Now, if you read this passage without the author, like without Jesus, without living connected to him, this can be a list of a whole bunch of stuff that you're supposed to do. I mean, this isn't very many verses and there's a whole list of things that we are to do. But when you do it apart from him, you really aren't walking out being a disciple. Like you're in a performance based, a law, a transactional type mindset instead of the lens of the new covenant. And so let's look at the different parts of of this scripture together And so, um, I, yeah, we're just going to go here. Verse 12 says, you are always and dearly loved by God right there. Like when you live connected to the Lord, when you abide in him, like you can't help but know that you are dearly loved by God there. That is where like he speaks the truth to your heart that you need to hear and not only that the thoughts that you're pondering maybe the emotions that you feel like you can you can ask him about them you can talk to him about them like he is your friend right so john 15 says that you're no longer servants but you're friends and you know the master's business and so those are things that you can bring to him and where it, it, i love how it starts out you are always and dearly loved by god and then it follows up with a very important word so so because you're very loved and uh by god like because you've got this connection and this understanding of who he is in you and who you are in him so robe yourself with the virtues of god like we do it out of the fact that we know him, that we are with him, that we live connected and in his love. Like the scripture says to abide in his love. And so as we abide in his love, we know that we are dearly loved. And because of that, we can robe ourselves with virtues. Like we can go try to robe ourselves in God's virtues without love, without living connected to him, but it's a dead work. Like it's going to be fake. It's fruit that will not remain at all. And so I love here that it lays out very perfectly in this first verse, abide and ways. And then it goes on to say, since you have been divinely chosen to be holy. Well, the only way you're going to know that like the Greek word For know, one of the Greek words, gnosko, like a relational, interpersonal relationship, knowing, is if you stay connected. So since you've been divinely chosen to be holy, then it gives us a list here. Like if you know how to eat the word and the filters, you see a list in this passage. Be merciful as you endeavor to understand others. Be compassionate Showing kindness toward all. Be gentle and humble and undefendable in your patience with others. Tolerate the weakness of those in the family of faith. Forgiving one another in the same way you've been graciously forgiven. Right there in a verse and a half, it gives us a list of 10 things that we are supposed to do. Like because we look like Jesus. Now, if we go and try to do this apart from Jesus, like it's a dead work. Have you ever tried to be patient with somebody outside of Jesus? Like it's hard work. And the word says that his yoke is easy. Like when we're yoked to him, things like tolerating each other's weakness becomes easy. Patience and being gentle. Those things come easy When we're yoked to him, when we're abiding in him. I love there in verse 13, where it says, forgiving one another in the same way you have been graciously forgiven by Jesus. Now we know if Jesus is our savior, we've been forgiven. Like he's forgiven us of our sins. He's forgiven us from like damnation and hell and all of those things. But like for us to really understand, our, like our forgiveness, it's more than just savior. We've been graciously forgiven by Jesus, and it says in the same way, we are to forgive others. So out of a heart of humility, out of the heart of mercy and compassion, like that's the character and the nature of Jesus, as we abide in Him. We start walking in his ways. And then it goes on to say, if you find fault with someone, release the same gift of forgiveness to them. Like the only way for you to understand how forgiven you are is to sit with the one that's forgiven you. For you to spend time with him. For you to get to know him. Now, I want to say this again. I am not talking about your spirit, man. I'm talking about your soul realm, your behavior, your actions, those types of things. Then verse 14 says, for love is supreme and must flow through each of these. Love becomes the mark of true maturity. Like as you begin to look like him, you mature. It's going to happen. It's not something you set out to become or not something you strive to do. But as you sit with him, he matures you because you start looking more like him. I, uh, in the, uh, new American standard, it says beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Like first John four, eight says that God is love. And so when we put on the person of love in our thought life, in our emotions, in our will, like we can't help but have a perfect bond of unity with each other. I mean, that is like the best um, advice that somebody can give you and how to get along with people. Just put on the person of love. And let him, as you abide in him, you remain in him, you stay in him. As you become love to others, you become gentle. You become all of those things. In verse 15, it says, let your heart always be guided by the peace of the anointed one. Well, how in the world can your heart be guarded or guided by the peace of the anointed one? If you don't spend time with the anointed one. Like, that's where true peace comes from, is the presence of Jesus. Peace is not the absence of conflict. It's the presence of a person, and his name is Jesus. Goes on to say who, this anointed one, who called you to peace as part of his one body, and always be thankful. Like, the only way that we can walk out peace as one body is if, we are guarded by the peace of Jesus within our mind, our will and emotions. When you get spun up about something like let yourself, let those emotions, let those thoughts be guided by the person of peace. It goes on in verse 16 to say, let the word of Christ live in you richly, flooding you with all wisdom. Apply the scriptures as you teach and instruct one another with psalms with festive praises, and with prophetic songs given to you spontaneously by the Spirit. So sing to God with all of your hearts. Right here, we see the first example that I've noticed. If, if you guys see something else, man, comment and email me. Tell me about them. But it says, like, to apply the things that you know. Like, apply those things to your life as you teach and instruct one another. Like we saw Jesus teach and instruct one another. That was one of the works that Jesus did. In, um, in uh, one of the other translations, it says, let the word of Christ richly dwell within you. Like you have to dwell. That, that word dwell is the same as abide. Like it has to remain and stay within you. And then with all wisdom, wisdom is a byproduct of being with him. Like it's not something we obtain. Then it says teaching and admonishing one another. And so right here in the first part of verse 16, you see abide ways and works. Right here in this translation. Verse 17 says, Let every activity of your lives and every word that comes from your lips be drenched with the beauty of our Lord Jesus Christ. Right here, it shows that works every activity of your life in in uh the new american standard it says whatever you do in word or deed so whatever you speak or whatever you actually do do them all in the name of the lord and that word name is all about character we talked about that last week with matthew 28 it's the character and nature of jesus and so like right here in verse 17 it shows us very very importantly Like we do not do our works aside from his character and nature. And the only way that his character and nature can be formed in us is if we spend time with him. If we let him show us the things of our hearts that he wants to conform us, transform us, things we need to change our mind about, things where our emotions aren't lined up with his, things where our will is not lined up with his will, like we are not walking out to the, the obedience that he's speaking to us through his word or through his rhema word as we set with him. And so uh, it goes on at the end and says, and bring your constant praise to God and the father because of what Christ has done for you. And right here, it ends this section of passages with being connected to him. Like, bring those praises back to him. Like, it's all about remaining in him as we are conformed to his image, as we look more like him, and then as we go do the works of Jesus. And so right here in verses 12 through 17, time and time again, different translations that you pick up, you are going to see abide ways and works, and you're going to see it where the arrows flow from each other, not apart from each other. We do not just abide. We do not just try to look like him. We do not just try to go do the things that he did. And if you noticed, I word the, used the word try because we can't do anything apart from him. John 15 says it very clearly. And so I'd love to know your thoughts and what you see in these passages in Colossians 3, what he's speaking to you. Uh, I'd love to hear other scriptures that he's brought to your attention. And as he begins to bring more to your attention of places where we're to abide, like or places where it shows us maybe that somebody is abiding. Like when you look at the rhythm in the life of Jesus, you saw him always staying connected to the father as he went in the nature and the character of goodness and kindness and of loving and forgiving as he went and healed people, as he even spoke hard truths to people. Like even when he spoke hard truths to people like the Pharisees and and people that were resistant of him and against him, like he did it with the character and the nature of what we see in his life modeled. And so I can't wait to hear like what the Lord's speaking to you and, uh, and what he's showing you or what you're deciding that you're to do about it and how you walk it out. And so let me pray for you as we close. And uh, next week we're going to get onto some more scripture that talks about abide ways and works. Like being a disciple is something we become. It's not something that we set out to do in an effort, but as we sit with him, we become a disciple of him. And so, Father, I just ask that you just make this truth so real within our hearts. Like it's not something we're doing, it's not something we're being, like striving and effort, but it is something that it is a byproduct of knowing you personally, not knowing about knowledge of you, not even knowing the scriptures apart from you but something that we do as we live connected to him. We thank you for our time together. We thank you for the unity of our mind, our will, our emotions, our behavior, our actions with our spirit. We thank you for continued transformation and unity that we will see in that. In Jesus' name, amen.